Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with something in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, we watched Cruz and Nicholson shout at each other. That's my synopsis for A Few Good Men, which means today, Cruz is back. But this time, he's taking on not one man, but an entire company of lawyers as he does battle with the firm. Mitch, we've just been looking for you. Can you step in here, please? Mr. Tolar's office? Yes, he's right here, Nina. Transfer him. Uh, Mr. McDear? Uh, Judge Terrence for you. One moment, please. Come on. Ain't going nowhere. Rudy, get to the front door. So which film will lawyer up and which film will be sent down? We'll know by the end of the show. So let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Butters. I'm saying your life as you know it. Is over. I'm Alex Zay. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. It is part two of A Few Good Men versus The Firm. Chris picked this pairing. Remind us why, Chris, it was a great reason on Monday. A Few Good Men's a great film, and The Firm is one of the best uh, movies about football hooliganism I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> that film went round my school like you wouldn't believe. That was such a big deal. The Gary Oldman, The Firm. Oh, yeah. The, the yeah. original one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a hell of a film. Yes, it is. But do you know, I, so I looked it up. It's only one hour, ten minutes long. Yeah, it was, Isn't that I weird? think it was a TV movie. Oh, was I think it? it was a TV TV movie oh, okay. initially, yeah, yeah. It's good. Oh, the, the, when the kid, when his kid's got the Stanley knife. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh my God, a toddler holding a Stanley knife. Oh, like, oh. like Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Oh, off, back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gage, yeah, Gage. Sorry, bringing it back around to a movie I've seen. Yeah, like <laughs> Cemetery. Gage. So yeah, Gage. Gage. Yeah. So yeah. Gage. Gage. Oh, yeah. Awful. Yeah, yeah. Where he slices old Jeb's Achilles tendon. <laughs> right. 
I know, sorry. I, I meant when you get hit by a truck, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. We're he's talk, let's talk about the firm. The Great. All right, I'd love to do that. Uh, this firm, though. Uh, so before we get started talking about the firm, as, as eager as you are, it is time for a dip into the digital mailbag and a review read by Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Chris Thrilly. This comes from Tim Bob 1969 and it's entitled Godfather and Godfather 2. Uh... Tim Bob says, I know I'm late to the party, but these episodes really struck a chord with me, especially Vicky's comments about how it was like an immersive experience for her. The story is great, of course, but I totally get how the best movies just make you want to escape to the worlds they create. You were spot on. 100%. The other movie world I'd like to go to is Amity Island. Yes, I am a Jaws obsessive. But unlike Alex, I can accept that Pipet Pipet Pippin gets eaten. The piece of wood floating on the surface is different from the one her owner throws, and there's even a dog in the background as Brody runs across the bridge after the estuary attack. <clears throat> but whatever, love the podcast, and thankfully my wife got me to listen by saying, you're a movie nerd, this is right up your street. <laughs> Keep on keeping on, five stars. Oh, nice. oh, I love that reading of Pippin. Or Pippet. Is it Pippet or Pippin? <laughs> I think that's why he's done that. Yeah, I know he has. I can never remember. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't think it's very clear in the movie. Any, regardless, what a bloody good reading. The dog lives. Yeah. Happy with that. Very happy. Yeah. Did you read that thing? I don't remember. I saw it. It's like a niche thing. There's more sharks now in around those waters, especially around um, Martha's Vineyard and stuff, than there have been for years and years. Because they like years. the film. Because <laughs> they love it so much. They're like, oh, I want to get my phone. <laughs> But I'll send it to you because it's going to scare the shit out of you. And it's just there's more sharks around New York and those waters now than have been for years, and people are getting bitten. And no one, I think one person did die a couple of years ago. Um, But so now you like this people, shark people don't want to call it shark attacks because they don't attack in Mm. that way. So you have to call it a shark interaction, and you have to say you've had an interaction with a shark, which means you've been bitten by a shark. Incident would be better. Shark incident, yeah, yeah, I guess. A shark incident is fine. It yeah. sort of says, well, it was an incident with a shark. Interaction. It mean a lot of things. It's broad church, isn't it? Interaction. Yeah, yeah. SeaWorld will be right on that. <laughs> oh, we want to come and see the shark show. Pet a shark. Have a little interaction. <laughs> Stroke it. Ride it. Oh, we lost another one. <laughs> okay. So um, uh, I said I'd uh, very quickly mention this. Uh, we have, actually, I think I've mentioned it already. In fact, I have, which is how we got into the long form video chat at the end of the other show. We've got a YouTube channel now uh, where you can actually, uh, watch videos uh, shorter form now shorter Great. form now I think the American Psycho one up is about 10 minutes about a 10 minute yeah. uh, revisit of American Psycho little visuals to go mm. with our audio from the podcast anyway I'm making it sound dull again it's not <laughs> dull it's bloody brilliant check out our YouTube channel Ch- uh, type Clash of the Titles into the the, uh, the search bar at the, top of, <laughs> at the top of the screen using your search engine to find YouTube uh, right then Monday I sat down with a few good men which means today Vicky is our Memphis Belle as she heads to Tennessee well, to nice. talk us through the firm Thank V you. takes on a journey they say when a man is tired of backflipping, he's tired of life. <laughs> Just ask hotshot young lawyer Mitch McDear, who has his pick of law firms to work at, but chooses the one that asks impertinent questions about tonguing his wife and, uh-oh, or a front for Chicago bad guys, who we don't see do anything wrong or bad guy-like, and you only realise how dangerous they themselves might be because one of them is Paul Savino. <laughs> After banging an injured woman on the beach, she's either not really injured or she can't run away, and both scenarios are bad... We're into a timeless tale of man versus photocopier, where Mitch must print shit like mad while evading the FBI and the mob. 
And make sure his brother gets to hook up with Holly Hunter and upset his wife with whispering. Mitch's eventual plan does mean he rediscovers his true love, gymnastics. And after landing on a crash mat of cotton wool, he then uses a high bar to kick a small window in for no reason. He's then a free man, free to take off around the country, wherever this overbilling and root out this most evil, corrupt of practices. Oh, no, wait, it's just being a front for the bad guys, which actually he seems perfectly happy with, meaning he could have saved himself a lot of time and not done any of this film. <laughs> Okay. No, 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 no. It's just, it's just the way I write. Them. Like, right. I, I find it. You know, I've said a million times. Sincerity is a struggle for me. Is it? Uh, is it ever mentioned he's a gymnast, or have you just made that up? <laughs> <laughs> I've made that up. Okay, but it is weird, isn't it? That first flip, I'm like. Did I miss a trick? Yeah. Is this and is then this it's, a thing? It, we rule of three it because we're yeah. good writers, Robert Town. So let's jump into a crash mat just full of cotton wool. But we're not bad writers. We will set up the cotton wool. We're not just going to have it appear. <laughs> that, that would no, be mad. I mean, he more falls. He doesn't do any flips when he's going down. <laughs> no. But he's very accustomed to landing on a crash mat. But then when he's in that room... He does stand up on it and yeah. put his feet together for his helmet. <laughs> Ten! <laughs> And also, he does get on the high bar and yeah. swing his legs into a window. That's right. the bit I'd never realised before. Yeah. But yeah, Good point and yeah. kick, kick an old man in, and then becomes that sweat bat. Anyway, the first time I saw sweat the... bat, <laughs> write it down. Just need a pitch for that title. That is great. Sweat bat title in such a format that, but we'll do it. So I saw this around the same time as I saw a few good men because it's just something you did, isn't it? It's like you watch the shouty Tom Cruise six, six months apart. I think, yeah. yeah. Mm. But the trouble is, I. I think in my personal timeline, uh, and this is not, not not the fault of the film, I think I saw it after I saw The Devil's Advocate, which I love very, very much. And so it doesn't really leave... A, the beats are quite similar, I might be able oh to argue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I wrote down, it would have been a good pairing for Devil's Advocate. Yeah. They, they nicked a lot from this film. Because even Charlize Theron, she's this innocent in Devil's Advocate, but isn't she a Southern Belle as well? And Abby in this is from... And all of that. So there in my brain, did I, do I have the room for a slightly more nuanced take on Temptation? Because I keep hearing God is an absentee landlord and then I just want to watch that film. <laughs> but anyway, that's my history. Okay. What about you? Well, it's, uh, like you said, so you uh, you watched uh, The Firm around the same time you watched A, a Few Good Men. Yeah. Uh, this was a first watch for me okay. of The Firm. <laughs> uh, I actually thought I'd seen this when I put it on, uh, but I'd actually just caught the end. So I'd only ever, I turned on the TV at some point and it's the bit where Cruz has been chased by Jigsaw and I was like this looks great yeah. I'm going to stop watching this now and I'm going to watch it from the start at some point then I forgot so <laughs> I watched it for the first time I don't, last week. I don't I don't see how that can have happened I don't I can't <laughs> believe we're the same age uh, we're not you're older I saw this at the cinema with my mates yep. um, and weirdly I also have a distinct memory of really needing a wee during the climax it's a long film. and being in agony. Yeah. I just have these two memories and I thought, does Tom Cruise make me wee? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it yeah, happened twice in six months and it was these, I guess maybe it's just because they're long films. Yeah. But equally, again, I, I think I, that I, is what more, it is. I don't think Tom Cruise does likely. make you wee. I think it's just a long film. Let's just, let's just put all the cards on the table. So on the one hand, it could be because they're long films or on the other hand, it could be because an actor spontaneously makes your bladder like fill. I'm not, I'm not afraid to ask the tough questions. You are. You are. And I, that's what you bring to the show and I appreciate that. Thank you. But anyway, yeah, very much enjoyed it. I should say I was, uh, I'd read the book in advance of the film coming oh, out. Oh, I was going to ask. Yeah, big John Grisham fan at that time. Yeah. You know... Every time I was on holiday, what's the latest John Grisham? Watch it. Time to Kill was before this. I'd read that. Mm. Um, 
probably I probably read Times kind of firm at the same time because I'd heard Tom Cruise making a book a film about the firm. Yeah. And then I read a couple more and then it was diminishing returns with his books really. Okay. This was his this was around his, this is his peak the yeah. theory, yeah. Well th- well this was his second his book second I think book, and it was a smash. Book. Yeah. Okay. And then everyone went and read A Time to Kill and obviously that got yeah. turned to a film. Got but you. Pelican Brief was straight after this as well yeah. which is another good, you know. Yeah, and they're just—I would never really think of reading one now, but they're very entertaining, easy reads. I told you recently, rather than read the book you got me, yep. uh, which I am still struggling. You're through. not going to finish it. I will one day. I will one day, but I, I put it down, and, and um, what I can't even remember what it was called—the Judge or something, <laughs> like the latest John Grisham. And I was—I'd never read a John Grisham novel, but obviously, movies like this, his his legacy, I was really aware of John Grisham, the author. You read so the latest like, John Grisham, the latest. Most Why would you to go back one read one of the classics? Because I didn't know it was a fucking airport. It said John Grisham on the cover. I was like, oh, John Grisham, I'll buy that. Have you have you got the new John Grisham? <laughs> 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 I've read all the others. <laughs> Anyway, and how was it? Fucking terrible. Right, yeah. Oh, it was, was it? so <laughs> sure. bad. It, I, like, on, I, I was just gobsmacked that this is the guy who was like, John Grisham. Did it, did it have someone else's name on the title and then his name just underneath, but really small? Because that's what they do, these guys, isn't it? They sort of, James Pattinson and Patricia Cornwall, they find another author mm-hmm. and their name goes big on it and the other author's is small and they're sort of ghostwriting them. or they're, it, yeah. they're, they're churning out like 10 books a year because they're doing these collaborations. I think James Pattinson just released one with Dolly Parton. Wow. Same audience. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen King's got a new book out. Did you know that? What's it called? He's always got a new book I can't out. remember. I read a review wow, of it. It's, I wonder it's what very it's good. About. Can't remember. So amnesia, memory it's loss. It's about a secret tunnel and then it's like a magical fairy thing, but it's, it's someone goes into this secret it's world. Fairy tale, isn't it, or something? It's, it's called fairy tale. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Okay, good. See, he's, he, unlike Grisham, King still delivers. Uh, yeah, sometimes he does. Revival was good a few years ago. Um, what was the other one? One about a hitman. Can't remember. Billy something. Anyway, that was great. Great. King's still good. Carry on. Well, I'll carry on. You Thanks. don't need to look at Chris. I'll carry on. Uh, has he finished, though, his <laughs> uh, his histories with this movie? I think so, Okay, yeah. he has. Yeah, carry on. Thank you. So, as we have established, this is based on a John Grisham novel. Um, oh, oh yeah, I told you. You've, yeah. you've done, you've done <laughs> okay, your bit. Great, done your yeah. bit. So... John Davis and Scott Rudin, they acquire it when it's a manuscript. So it wasn't insanely popular. And a lot of the interviews you'll read about this was like they were scared, they got scared once it started to become massive, that they were going to do a quote, bonfire of the vanities and fuck it up, basically. Mm. <coughs> because based on loved it. the idea came out of um, one of his mates coming back from an interview at a law firm. He said that, um, I didn't really feel good about that firm. I got the impression that once you join the firm, you never leave like it's owned by the mafia or something. Or something. Grisham <laughs> files that away. Five years later, bang. Just crosses out yeah. the or something. Yeah. Got a book out of that. Yeah, I don't want to hear any complaints about Sweatbat when that comes out because yeah, you heard me say I'm using it. Ten years though. Ten years later he wrote the firm. Okay. Um, Everything's an idea. So they get a script from playwright David Rabe and the producers. They've got the script and they go and visit Tom Cruise on the set of A Few Good Men. And they offer him the, uh, you can have this and you can direct it if you want to. And he says no, because I don't like the script. No, because I'm not a director. Yeah. <laughs> not to my CV. Yeah. Yeah. Check out it. in 40 years, I'll still not be a director. And it's weird, Do I it? have to direct it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can I just be in it? <laughs> have you heard no. of me? The deal is direct and act, Tom. Oh, and nothing. Oh, we've got to some bloke called Sidney Pollock. I don't know. I've never heard well, of they, him. Well, they, they, they went to cruise after they'd gone to... Jason Patrick. Oh, yeah, that's which true. Which feels yeah. like a step up. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I guess Pat- Patrick was a big deal then. Yeah. Uh, I just watched the Patrick movie that we're going to be doing uh, okay. in the near future. 
Great. Mm. Okay. You've got it coming. Spoiler alert. You've got it coming. Oh, have you got it coming? <laughs> what does that mean? It's, it's a movie you're, you're doing of a, of a pairing that we're doing when Chris is away. Oh, is it? Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, great. <laughs> it's a hell of a performance. <laughs> <laughs> this is late era Patrick, and he's taking no prisoners. Oh, my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> I, think it, I think he saw this role. He was like, this is my way back in. Different kind of Patrick. <laughs> oh, lot to unpack there, Jason Patrick. Brilliant. All right, so, yeah, we get to Sidney Pollock. He chucks out David Rabe's script. So the script that got chucked out... There was a finale in which Mitch, ha, I like it, um, takes a machine gun to court and wreaks havoc on everyone with a machine gun. But it's very dark. And Abby, the wife, she gets raped and the brother gets killed. And so everyone's mm. like, no, that's too dark. What the fuck are you talking about? Is this what? a real thing? It's a script that didn't happen. Which, yeah. which I wrote off. But then when you think about it, I mean, when you're dealing with the mafia, there's no reason why you couldn't have your climax involving guns. And right. Course, okay, yeah. sorry. I think I just went to the next level. I thought you meant he gunned down a courtroom of mafia no when you said wreaks havoc with a machine gun yeah. that was my interpretation like you take that Paul Sorvino yeah I mean I don't know I we, read it could it, be but, yeah we yeah. don't know but there's certainly machine gun fire yeah Okay, I imagine it's just an attention grabber where he fires at the ceiling. I I, I can't see Mitch no, taking a gun. No, I don't think, think so. Because yeah. bear in mind in this version, Abby is raped and yeah. um, what's his brother called? Ray. Mm. Ray is killed, and Ray's a very sympathetic character. So I don't oh, know. Yeah. Like, um, then you get a version. They were like, but... "No, we want the photocopying version of this." <laughs> but that's but, but you say gun, that. What if a gun? It's actually a photo. Well, you say that, but it's, it's, that's kind of yeah. true. So um, they call it Xeroxing. They do, yeah. So David Raphael, he's Way got a rethink, and um, but they can't nail the ending. So what do you do when you can't nail the ending? You go to Robert Town. <laughs> so um, Robert Town, Days of Thunder, Robert Town. Oh, that's God, that's <laughs> true. Oh shit! Not, yeah, same era. He's not always good, is he? Always. Oh, that's, so it's hit and miss. So Robin is racing, son. <laughs> Oh, it's just still so awful. Yeah, yeah. It's well, so bad. What are you doing, Cold Trickle? <laughs> Cold Trickle. Pocket play. <laughs> so the challenge is, how do you get Mitch to have it all, which they were really hung up on him still being able to practice law because that's who he is as a person. And so that's why you get this fucking snooze fest for me that's overbilling and mail fraud. Mm. But it means Mitch still gets to be the person mm. that you believe him to be. Because in the book, it's more about him stealing everyone's money and going on the it, run. That's the thing. And so they were really, Sidney Pollard didn't, he says he didn't want this very yuppie thing where everyone gets rich and it's morally ambiguous, but he takes the money and he runs, which is not that ambiguous, but mm. whatever. Um, there was an idea as well. So Gene Hackman's in this as Avery Tolar um, and they messed around with changing him from being a him to a her. Meryl uh, Street, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, so they wanted a romance, which is fair enough. But Sidney Pollard says it's very hard to create romance between a husband and wife on film. And I find that really interesting because I agree with him because you're in, you're entering a relationship that's already solid. So what do you do? Do you blow up that relationship? But then if you want romance, you can't have two people courting because it's too distracting from the main <laughs> narrative thread. So I totally understand why mm. you might put... And it's a good idea. I think what he said is he wanted this, the, the law firm to seduce him literally as well as spiritually. Yeah. So yes. It's not a bad idea. It's an interesting way that they sort of manifest what romance is in a marriage, like you say, a relationship that's been going for a while because yeah. I, initially when I it's, it's the scene where um, 
she is uh, she's talking about how he's not spending any time with her and mm-hmm. she's bored and she's on her own. And, you know, your initial reaction to that is like, Jesus Christ, he's just started a, a new like law firm and all of that. I just think it's a very relatable thing where it's it's about apportioning the right amount of time yeah. to uh, a relationship that you've been in for a while and your job. So I was like, this is actually a really, really good scene, really, really on the money in terms of what it's like to be in a long relationship and that be an issue about spending time and apportioning time. Definitely. I I totally agree with you. I think... Not staying down the pub after you finish your podcast all night. God, nag, nag, nag! Jesus Christ. This again. Put a sock in it. (laughs) Love. Yes, I've been out. Um, Ooh, anyway, so... It's work! (laughs) Yeah, I've been at work. Oh, the number of important decisions we've made in the pub... You like the money, don't you? You like the fancy things I buy you. I, 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 had, to, I had to go. We had to have a meeting about a, a potential fuck it live show uh, <laughs> a big guest live show pairing what else have we got Chris has been Chris is not very well uh, so we had to talk through a bit, the number of time, the number of issues you've had <laughs> that we had to talk through in the pub after a show <laughs> what's wrong with me sometimes I come in after a show and she's like how's Chris oh, doing no. <laughs> yeah more tests more tests we just don't know it's touch and go <laughs> bloody hell you're so, killing me off if Nancy ever looks at you, sort of like mm, you're killing me off in the third season. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the people that love the book are not happy about that. Avery remains a dude, <laughs> so you get Gene Hackman. Um, let's do what I would call casting intrigue, which I, I find this interesting because I like agent bullshit and agent back and forth. Gene Hackman is in it. Gene Hackman is very good in it. Gene Hackman is not on the poster title thing. Name mm. is not above the thing. Because Tom Cruise will not have that in his contracts. If he's in a movie, it's only his name above the image thing. Um, so Gene Hackman's agents were like, you do not go second billing. We'll just take it all off because it sets a terrible precedent in this town. And I find that sort of thing fun. Mm. I don't know what you think. Yeah, they're making him look like a hack man. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> 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 and yeah, I think that's all I've got. Great. That's yeah. Good. That's enough. Uh, Let's crack on then, shall we? Let's talk about this film. All right, so Tom Cruise is Mitch McDeer. He's the best hotshot lawyer there is after being in A Few Good Men as the best yeah. shot lawyer there Does it is. not remind you of the start of this? It, to me, I was watching going, it is literally the polar opposite of the start of Cocktail. It's literally it's the same thing, except where in Cocktail, no one wants him, in this, everyone wants him. Yeah. Mm, good point. Yeah. Good point. In, interviewing montage. Yeah. 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 Uh, interviewing montage. Yeah. So no one asks him. He's so good that he's going for all these interviews, and no one asks him a single law-oriented question in all those job interviews. Mm. They're not like, but as a for instance. Well, they, they, They've got his trial. score, though, haven't they? They've already been told yeah. that he's going to finish in the top 5% or something. So what they do ask him about, and correct me if I'm wrong, is oral sex? Are we? Have I overshot it there? So he goes, he goes to Bendini, Lambert, and Locke, uh-huh. and they say, "Are you ever tongue-tied?" And he's like, "Sometimes with my wife." And he's being sweet. And mm. one of them goes, "Do you want to tell me about the time you were tongue-tied with your wife?" And I was like, "That's gross." I'm this is the that. new. I'm all in. Bloody <laughs> hell! <laughs> he, Are you sure? He absolutely is not talking about a blowjob. No, he's uh, no I, cunnilingus. Other way. No. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I uh, think no, you should watch you it. you do know. You do. You do. Just sit for a moment with it. Have a think. Come on. I'm just... Just Let's just do the scene. Hey, do you want to tell me about the last time you were tongue-tied with your wife? It's Gee, like no. No, it's not that moment. Oh, I don't know. Oh. 
I don't know. I like you know. I'm with I'm with Al. It's okay. I, 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 I didn't. I mean, maybe I need to watch the scene again, but I didn't immediately think Cunnilingus. I did, mm-hmm. and because oral sex is <laughs> clear. <laughs> but also because I kind of forgot about it, and I'm jumping a little bit, and we'll come back to it properly. The security guy later is like, "We've got you doing all sorts of that lady on the beach, bit of oral." He doesn't say bit of oral. <laughs> he does say oral sex. I was like, someone is fixated. Yes, but this is this is all about the fact that they're a family here, uh, yeah, and that it's all about having good values, yeah. And so, uh, so why it, it does would he contradict say with a twinkle in his eye? They're not going to crack a kind of lingus reference if they're presenting themselves. Yeah, I know. As the most I was wholesome. A, no, he's I asking. Was he's asking him. He's asking him as a serious. He wants him to tell him to, to describe a time when you were. All right, let's yeah. say that. Let's say that. Because uh, then he says, I hope you don't think us obtrusive. And if I was Tom Cruise, I'd say, well, I do, actually. It's really personal. Yeah, you just asked me about Cunnilingus. <laughs> what? 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 What do you mean? Sorry, you've lost the job. You've saying, lost the job. What she, what she really likes. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you I, doing? See, I, I was going to do that, and I thought, no. Yeah. I was thinking, Kingpin. I, uh, <laughs> you went for it. <laughs> yeah, I can't help myself. <laughs> That's too fast. Anyway, let's meet the... That's <laughs> 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 a minute yeah, you gotta change speed oh my god we're not having a conversation but this get is get on with the next bit we're talking about wholesome law from you do have to change speed stuff carry on Chris. this is the what? only no. <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> exactly too fast i was just doing an example of a portion of the act i wasn't doing the whole thing all right, at that speed. You win. i can't talk about it anymore i'm great going on very red all right fine <laughs> let's, let's meet the lovely wife so she's a school teacher because of course she is because it's the 90s and she has to be an innocent kind of like nothing woman and also I do think it's because they don't have kids and in the film language an audience would be like burn that witch why she not got kids so she likes kids they just don't have them right now right I think is what's going on there yeah she loves them she teaches them um, she has so you know we set up that Mitch and Abby are a lovely couple and he's got a Chinese takeaway which weirdly we discussed on Fantastic Four which is movie visual language for you're either working hard or we just really like each other or mm. both yep. <laughs> so um, what's your favourite Chinese takeaway scene <laughs> I'll tell you mine it's Ghostbusters there you go I don't know okay just have Ghostbusters you need to, you need to... it's probably one of the greatest scenes in what's uh, yours? Josh Trank's Fantastic Four yeah mm. they all just sit around mm. and eat a bit of sweet and because sour they're busy being scientists they yeah, say they that in Avengers time. though don't they with the shawarma shawarma yeah that, was shawarma? that an homage to that Fantastic Four I, scene I, I believe so yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anything in Big Trouble in Little China Oh, yeah, of course. Anyway, so um, we are off to Memphis to do some lawyering and some backflips. Okay, so I'm sure you've got some opinions about the backflips. It's a big big shout. She's... Of all the ways to show someone who's lost lost his love of life, have him do a backflip and then have him not, not do a backflip. Back yeah. Is mad. When he, when he does the flips first time around, they're forward flips anyway, they're not backflips. Oh, okay. yeah, sorry. Um, so they're just, flips. they're just flips. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the, um, her reaction suggests that, uh, is she sort of like, oh, he's doing it again. <laughs> it's, it suggests that he does this all the time. Yeah. He's with strangers, though. He's on the first night out with yeah. his new lawyer friends. If, you're, if you've just got a job at a big firm, the best job you've ever had at a great firm, who are all very like, hello, hello, you, you don't suddenly go... Oh, watch this, guys! <laughs> it makes you seem really drunk. I don't know. It's just like it makes you seem insane. Yeah. I don't think he pays the kid at the end of it. No, no he doesn't. Um, that's I, your payment, kid. I wouldn't want him touching my hands afterwards. Cause, it's been on the floor. Yeah. yeah. And that's... 
I mean, that's that's that floor's going to be covered in a puke. A small child back, sorry, flipping Flips. down the street is uh, not so much a public health and safety issue because the child is small. Tom Cruise flipping at you down the pavement. <laughs> what if you get in his way? He's going to kick you in the head. Yeah. He doesn't Ridiculous. check. He doesn't look around. Just goes for Nothing. it. Cocky. Yeah, I mean, he's not a health and safety lawyer. Uh, so, <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there is, there's, uh, there's uh, two things here. Uh, first of all, isn't it nice that it's set in Memphis? You yes. don't see Memphis on screen. I do like that, uh, and I like uh, the fact often. that a lot of people are there. Oh, you haven't gone to New York? He's mm. like, no, this is where it's at. It's good. Yeah, I it's really great. Like that. It's nice. See, it's just a nice seeing a different city, and they actually shot it in Memphis. I mean, I know it's all tax cuts and breaks and whatever, sure. and that's why everything's shot in um, in Georgia at the moment in Atlanta. But I like seeing Memphis. There's a line that Lamar says here. I don't know if you're going to cover it, uh, but he says uh, he's talking about Alice Krauss. Uh, and I'm saying this here because I want to come back to it later. Mm. But he talks about Alice Krauss walking around the office in four-inch heels, an affirmative action on stilts. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So yes. he sort of says this is in a funny way. Lamar, at this point in the movie, knows Alice Krauss is dead. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because Lamar later on... Because he looks is, all upset about He looks all upset. He's being wet by sprinklers and not moving, which is your classic, he's haunted. Uh, <laughs> but he's having to play scene. the charade here. So he's having to show Mitch why they got rid of this woman, why this woman is no longer with the oh, company. Because she was a problem. Yeah. She wasn't good enough. She she was only part of the company because she was a woman. It was affirmative action. Right. She was going around on high in high heels. Mm. Um, and the implication there is that she wasn't up to the job and therefore we got rid of her. We definitely didn't kill her. Mitch, <laughs> we did not kill her. So, okay, that's interesting then. So you're saying Lamar knows about all this. Lamar, yes. Lamar knows about the deaths. Everyone not knows. A, no, no, no. Everyone knows that the company is a front for the mafia, but not everyone knows that they mur- they murder lawyers who try and leave. Okay, so maybe I don't Lamar think. doesn't no, everyone, know. Everyone knows because after that certain period of time, you uh, you find out they get you in for the first two years and then bang they drop they drop the bomb on you this is what's really happening so why and if you leave you're dead and so Mitch Mitch wouldn't find out about anything happening for the next few months but he obviously gets a sniff early okay. and figures it out so you're saying Lamar knows she's dead he's playing a part here he definitely knows that they kill people so that scene in the garden mm. when he's being wet by the sprinkler that's a performance no like, no he's f- he's fucking he's broken yeah, yeah he's terrified because he's, he's stuck in this situation where he can't he's losing his mind because he can't he, there's nothing he can do if he says anything or doesn't he's going to get killed he's having a he's having a breakdown yes. right okay that's why. Okay, that's so why he's, he's just that weird thing to him about his, his so tuition he, he probably had a breakdown about Alice Krauss, but now he's over that so he can be flippant about her. But yes. because these are the latest murders, it's yeah. reminded him <laughs> of his position and that's why for these guys he's haunted or he's just a misogynist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think there's been a bit of time gap, hasn't there, between okay. Alice's death and so maybe he's like, oh, oh it's happening fun. again and whatever else. Back into it. Got you. Okay. Well, let's have a small break, shall we? After that, yeah. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right, so um, Gene Hackman is Avery Tolar. I like that Avery and Mitch came from poverty. And I love the reveal later that it's saved later that Mitch's brother Ray is in prison. Mm-hmm. That's all good. I, um, I just think all the stuff with Avery here is just really good. The mm. fact that he orders the drink. Oh, and yes. you, you're not really reading too much into it, but then you see at the end, oh, he's an alcoholic because he's the same as Lamar. He's mm. he's trapped. Yeah. A and then all- martini with three olives sounded Yum. delicious. <laughs> right? And and then he says he joined the he became a lawyer because he wants hot women yeah. and it sort of it seems funny at the time but then we realise no that's his weakness and he's, he's a womanizer and he's yeah. pathetic and it's just I love that it's all dropped in here and you, you're not really seeing it until yeah. the performance brings it. They to They tell the you everything, later. but your reading of it changes. Over yeah, because you're, because you're what you're thinking about Mitch and not not Avery. Yeah, I do think Ray. I think Ray's very good. Um, I think David Strathairn is very good, but I think they wimped out on the manslaughter charge. I think I think Ray should have gone to prison for something bad. Really? Yeah, of course. It's just meteor, isn't it? He's it's, killed someone though. Yeah, but they overexplain yeah, it. He was yeah. a boxer, and he, you know, they it's, 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 it's all mitigating circumstances. But you've got to make him sympathetic. If That's what kill... Vicky's saying. That he shouldn't be sympathetic. That's yeah, less Vicky's sympathetic. actual point. Really? Do you can still write it makes it more interesting. Mm. You can still do it. You just it does make it, it makes it more morally it, questionable. I, th- I think if you've got if you've got a character whose primary function is to be sympathetic that you want to see free at the end and they have done a murder unprovoked we don't have to want what, to see what, him you, free okay give me an yeah. example of what, what just so I, I can understand it because I, I, I think beyond this you enter a murky territory where a lot of the audience are going to go no he did a murder no no why don't you just have him do something that everybody thinks is bad like but that what? isn't a murder Oh God, uh, a robbery! Anything a robbery, a drug-related something. I, I, I put all of those below, like manslaughter, because he still killed someone. I think. Yes, that's... but they mitig- They don't just say manslaughter. They then mitigate it with with with. He cruising. threw one with, punch, yeah. and if he hadn't been a boxer, he wouldn't have gone to prison. It's right. almost like it was an accident. The guy yes. fell on his fist is yeah. basically how Mitch pitches <laughs> they it. They don't say, you know, they, we don't even get, he got angry and lost his temper and he shouldn't have done. He, it was like he was in the, he was essentially in the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm with you. It's too easy. Yep. It's too easy. Oh, we love that about Nicolas Cage and Conair. We love it about Ray here. Yes, that's yeah, true. <laughs> exactly. No, you weren't moaning about that. He's a killing machine. That's not his fault. But this isn't this isn't um, Ray's film. This is Mitch's film, and this is all this is all um, to get Mitch what he wants. And I think you can make it a bit more complicated. So yeah. we're questioning. Uh, it's too easy for Mitch. Yes. So then my heart sunk a bit because when I'm trying to understand what Avery does for a living, I'm like, okay, cool. We're in tax avoidance and money laundering, which in of itself can be quite dull. So obviously Ozark did a really good job of it. And there's that scene in Scarface where we're talking about tax, but it is electrifying. And that's, I sometimes feel with this, this is all of the detail about tax avoidance and money laundering, but none of the fun. So until we're in um, the Cayman Islands, it's just Gene Hackman going, this is how you clean money. And it's like, okay, but I want to see the reward of that. I want to see the fun of that. Like, I want to see bad guys doing bad things. I don't want to see European hitman or Nordic hitman, whatever they call him, doing bad things on behalf of the mob. I would like to see the mob do those things. So I like like tax avoidance as a thing, but I was like, oh, where's the sort of meat of that? that like all i'm hearing is the explanation of it mm. so anyway 
if Mitch wasn't sure what was going on, <laughs> then he goes to the Caymans and then he definitely meets a gangster, 100%. Um, and then he cheats on Abby, more or less immediately. <laughs> and I I do understand the writing and I do think the writing is fine, which is like what would tempt him? Because his relationship is pretty solid and they're talking about having naked eggs together, which is gross. Um, and something that writers do to be like, this couple are still having sex and so they must be fine, even though it'd be knottier and more complicated if they kind of weren't. But anyway, what would tempt Mitch is a woman who can talk to him on his level about this racism with himself to get more and more stuff and money and you'll never be safe because you'll never be rich enough. And that's because Abby is rich. And so he sees in this woman something that his wife doesn't offer. But, you know, I mean... (laughs) It just it just comes really quickly that he just totally cheats on his wife. I don't even yeah. care about yeah. that sort of thing. Did but you? I, I thought this needs to be longer. This film when I was watching it, and I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, did. You immediately knew this was a setup by the firm, though. He didn't should you? have done. She's like, I've sprained my ankle. Then she's like, I'm going to mount you. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It, that would hurt. She's like, I've forgotten. I sprained my ankle. Um, but anyway. The other thing is, I mean, then we do get a bit bogged down in tax. I mean, later on in the film, we actually go to a tax seminar, and I find that hard because it's like, why am I in a tax seminar when I could be anywhere? But anyway, um, the little shot in the arm for the film is Gary Busey and Holly Hunter as these mm. PIs. Like, oh. they're God, they're so good. Yeah, they are so 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 Busey so good. Busey is just it, unreal. I mean, you talk. I think Chris mentioned on Monday how stacked the cast is of A Few Good Men. I mean, this arguably <laughs> yeah. is even better. Ed Harris, yeah. Gary Boosie. and it's one of those where they obviously gave Boosie the script and said, "Just, just do riff, do, do, do you, do, do, do Gary Boosie. Mm. And, yeah. he, and, he, and he absolutely delivers. Yeah. And He's then we, so good. And then we get the, the, the greatest hitman uh, double act in history, wandering Jigsaw and Hank from Breaking Bad. <laughs> As Nordic and Squat. Nordic and Squat, yeah. I, um, I mean, I just, I'm sad that it's, why is Nordic our bad guy? Why is it not a Chicagoan mobster mm. that would tie the, the bads together kind of thing? Good but point. Ultimately, it's very sad to see Gary Busey get killed because I just, I understand yes. that he's got to die, but it would be cool if we just have one more scene. He's so brilliant. Bit more Busey. Yeah. Be more boosy. Does a lot. He does a lot with a little there, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. Also, uh, Wilford Brimley should get a shout he's out. He's really good. Oh. He's so good. Well, it, I mean, he was he was in a lot of kids shows and family shows in America, so that's where anyone watching it there would know him from. We obviously just knew him from Cocoon, really. I, I knew him for the thing and the thing. The thing. No, I, I, did, yeah. I didn't. I, when I was a little kid, it was uh, I hadn't seen the thing it's, yet. So it was, it's Wilford so, Brimley who gets his arms bitten off in the yeah, thing, I'm saying which that, is like the, the scene that you I, I could never forget. Sure, but a lot of young people wouldn't have seen the thing at that okay, point yeah, sure. when I was watching it. And so he was just this lovable old man and, and he'd never really been cast as someone or I'd never seen him as anyone evil. Mm. Yeah. And so it was that was an extra shock to the system that the sweet man from Cocoon was... He's so sinister. He's really, really sinister. good. He is absolutely fantastic in this. I'll, 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 I'll talk about him later, but he this, this, what he does with that character, you absolutely know who that person yeah. is. Devisher. He's nasty. So the FBI, this is just the plot. They want Mitch as their inside man. And they're like, you are now the sole legal representation of the Moralto crime family. And he's like, uh-oh. I love this scene, the setup. I love the fact that they get to the Lincoln Memorial and then a war vet's like, take this leaflet, brother, go over there. Mm. And then he goes over there and then Ed Harris is like, go over there. And it's like, after all, I was like, wow, cool. I'm seeing some espionage. But then after all that, 
you are sat on a bench in broad daylight. So it's like if someone was following you, oh no, you are just sitting on a bench with the director of the FBI, whatever it is. Like, yeah. why all the misdirection yeah, to go and sit in broad fucking Holly daylight? Holly Hunter's better at this later in the film. <laughs> yeah, she is. I just thought that, oh, they're going to put him in a van and then he's going to go somewhere and then he's lost his tail. Just broad daylight, having a massive chat. But that anyway. line that he does, you know, your life as you know it is over. Mm. I think that's, it's a great moment. Great it's line. a great yeah. line and it really sort of, it just like it, 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 it's it's a guy who knows saying you have no way out you you're fucked yeah. from hearing you're going into witness protection if you help us or you're gonna and die or go or go sorry go to jail for yeah the rest it, of it your hammers life. home and so that's I think that's you know why we're seeing Lamar in the state that he's in because Lamar is well he's all too aware of this yeah, yeah. and also it's good because initially because the interview scenes are done in montage and then he's like look look to Abby look on this piece of paper look what they offered me and you could be thinking okay so you're greedy then are you like why why do you not want to go and work for a law firm that offered you actually just 20% less that's all you're getting more but it's then drip fed that he comes from a trailer park and he's got this big need to prove mm-hmm. himself so you you do when they say to him your life is over you do feel sorry for him even though he could have had an easier life if he'd just done he could have had he could have had seats at the Lakers yes. Yes. I can't believe you turned that down but when he does take the job as well, yes, it's the highest paying job, but also they seem like the most wholesome law firm he's been approached by. Which is, a- but also which his wife does not like. So it's he's uh, okay, kind of yeah. twisting her arm to do it. They tell him we're a family. Mm. <clears throat> That's loaded when you realise what they're all about <laughs> yeah. later. Mm. Yeah. Um my, one of my favourite scenes. Uh, is it actually my favourite scene? Just double checking. <clears throat> no. Um... We need to tell um, Abby uh, what's going on. Well, the first thing he does, though, is he goes into his office and tells them he's speaking to the FBI, which is, I like that when a character does something I'm not expecting. Mm. Yeah. You don't expect Mitch to do that. It confused me a little bit. Sure. Because the dialogue, I lost the thread where he's like, well, about the secret files. Sure. Yeah, it's not very well explained. So he's telling them half the truth, isn't he? Which I got because I understood what the beat was. But if I didn't know that from a script perspective, I'd be like, have you told him? Have you not told him? Agreed. But then obviously, then he does what you would have expected to do first which is go and speak to his wife he goes to speak to his wife good Let's face tell acting her everything. good face it's acting phenomenal the trouble is if you're an actor and you're a writer you want to write that because the firm is listening so we've got a whisper so you've got an actor you're saying to her you just go for it and it's a fun thing to write because it's the opposite of shouting <laughs> whatever but it's like you couldn't possibly go outside oh no wait you have just gone outside actually to have a massive chat so you've undercut yourself because he comes in I'm going to tell you everything whisper 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 and she's like fuck you and then they have a massive chat outside. So have the massive chat outside. Like, I don't, you've looking at your script and you've, you an inner voice has got to be shouting, why not just do the whole thing outside? There has to be a reason, mm. no? Yeah. Well, they yeah, only I go outside it's... so that we can see him run, don't they? Of course. So Tom Cruise runs. Yeah. So anyway, um, he's going to cooperate and this fucking printer won't cooperate. And then Wilfred Brimley's like, we've got photos of you doing beach sex. Uh, so he's in a bit uh, of a pickle there. Not just screwing, intimate acts. Oral or- sex. No. That's what he says. He says oral and whatnot. There you go. Oral and whatnot. Oral, oral and whatnot. What's the whatnot? that whatnot? Well, it's- Wait, let's just tick it off. Full sex, oral, whatnot. It's like hands. It's, it's, hands. It's, like, it's like the Mr. Blonde ear scene in 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 in, in Reservoir Dogs. It's like, Is it? well, yeah, because it suggests like your mind does like what uh, what what not what what's, not what's what not. I actually don't know what what not is. So it's... probably you know, yeah, <laughs> that one. Yep, I'm not saying it. So that's just that. What exactly? What not? Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, of course, God. that's what not. That is <laughs> it what is, not. yeah, no, fair enough. Anyone ever asked you to do what not? Say it. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so um, he has to tell Abby the truth. 
And I do like this scene. Apparently, this isn't in the book. He doesn't tell her that he has cheated on her. No. But I like it because he's not going to lie to her. So you're rooting for them as a couple. But then he does lie because she's like, why have you told me this? And he says, I'm telling you because I can't bear for you not to know. This is, this. I, I wrote this down. It's, it's, in, it's in my bit. This is insane. Yeah. This is insane that his whole, the whole thing is like he's telling her the truth yeah. and I, he doesn't want to be a liar and he couldn't. He actually says, I could not live with myself yep. if you didn't know, if I didn't tell you. And then she goes, why have you told me now? And he goes, for that reason, because yeah. you had to know. And it's like he lies yeah. in the moment that we're meant to be like, okay, good, like mm. he's doing the right thing and then he's not. It's really bad because it's it's photos is the reason. I've, I got caught, so I'm telling you now. Yeah. But, but she she never finds out about that for the rest of the movie. No. She thinks he's told her that he was cheating. He would have taken that to the grave if there weren't photos. That's if he thing. wasn't threatened, yeah, he would never true. have fucking told her. And then they try and make it okay, which I understand. And she's like, oh, how could I have loved you since before we met or whatever? Because he's like, well, it was a setup, so kind of my hands were tied sort of thing. Couldn't help it. <laughs> fell on her sort of thing. And it's like, <laughs> she's like, well, that's absolutely fine. And I understand that the infidelity should be forgiven because they're a good couple. But for him. Um, it's really rushed when they when they're like, oh, it was definitely a setup, and she's like, that's cool them. Hmm. Anyway, uh, so Mitch has got a plan. So handily, this firm have been overbilling, so he's going to get them on that instead. Even though it's his first job, he still really wants to be a lawyer, even though it's got not going very well, I would say. But he's still got some hopes for it. Um, and then Abby has to sort of, I get it, but it, I'm not comfortable with it. So she essentially has to sell herself to get some boxes for a man she is ostensibly quite pissed off with. So she's got to offer herself up to old dude Gene Hackman. Mm. And I get why pretend to Pretend to offer herself up. Oh, yes. Yeah. So this, wait, this is a segment of the film that is sponsored by Hyatt Regency Hotels and Havana Club Rum. <laughs> you do your thing. Yeah. I just... It's the bit where it's it's so it's like an advert in the middle of a film where he picks up the... the, the a glass of Havana Club uh, rum, uh, which has no ice and is straight <laughs> rum. And, and she's like, hmm, yeah. this is nice. Isn't it? It's like <laughs> cognac. It's it blows my mind. Unbelievable. It's so bad. <laughs> I think it's, I mean, I think it's something this film does well that A Few Good Men doesn't do so well. In the, in the book, she doesn't really do anything. Whereas here, they've given her a job. Yes. She, she's quite an integral part of the plot. And it's something she comes up with because Mitch obviously doesn't know that she's doing this because the plan is for Holly Hunter's character to go in his room when he's scuba diving. She's the one that hears he's not scuba diving. So she's got to get involved now and she's not going there to offer us to, to, to have sex with him she's going up there to she's going there to drug him yes. and, and do what she's got to do I like that she gets to do some stuff I just think especially with the music it's turned into an actual caper she is a mild-mannered school teacher and now she's drugged an old man mm. um, and taken all her clothes off and it's like okay um I think, and I do think, I can't remember the line, I think the writers are trying to say to me that her almost shagging Avery is part of her revenge on Mitch for shagging someone else. So it evens the score, but Mitch got to shag someone very beautiful and basically she's got Gene Hackman. Not shared on Gene Hackman, obviously, but well, it's... It sounds like shared on Gene Hackman. <laughs> no, no. She's got Gene Hackman. No, I just think uh, that's not, that doesn't settle the I score. Did, I, didn't, I didn't see that at all, but... Um, uh, I, yeah, no, I agree. Because he says it to her. Yeah, he says you're here because he's of him. like, what? What? Like, doesn't he? When yeah. he finds out about it, he's yeah. he's not happy because yeah. he thinks she's cheated on him, which naughty. Because you yeah. know it does even the score. <laughs> okay, so anyway, <laughs> um, talking about the cape element, not what not, just cla- like, regular. <laughs> 
regular. That's the thing, because then if it was whatnot as well, you'd always be one ahead. Yep. And then how, that, that's just, that's not a way to live. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. God, what have I got to do tonight just to get back to <laughs> just get parity? To, just to get even. Um, whatnot again. <laughs> so I don't like this at all. And if this is Robert Towns' fault, my heart is officially broken because a lot of the plot now rests on a, a sheet from a fax machine that is conveniently unseen. And you've got to well, do better than that. I've I've got six six examples coming up now of terrible contrivances. We don't have to go into all of them, but okay. that's just one of so many. Yeah. That in this film, yeah, that all it right. turns into a bit of a disaster. I think now. Yeah. In terms of just me shaking my head. I just think if you not to put too much on Robert Town, but if you are Robert Town, and if this might not be on him, but. Wilford Brimley's done a really good job of it. Well, you've written a good character there because the security guy is great. So it has to be something in his character that means he doesn't look at the facts. That's yep. all it is. Yep. It's, it's more work, obviously. He can't just blow off the thing and then remain under a what a tray or whatever it is. Yeah, so, it, so it it's under the facts machine. Yeah, yep. until so, it's not. Until it, because the and it's exactly the right time. The facts, the, the photocopier runs out of paper just when the film needs it to, yeah. and that's how it gets found. So those are two terrible contrivances. Mm. Yep. Not compared to a truck of feathers underneath a window. It's cotton wool. It's cotton wool. Someone says, move your truck of, truck of cotton. I swear to God. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and, and then also, the, the other thing that's a real issue, I think, is when he knows he's in danger and when he should be going to ground, mm-hmm. he goes to a place so public where he'll be seen by so many people, yeah. it's insane, and then, just so happens, the mother of some, one of the wives is there in the same place and sees him at the same time, and yeah. that's how they can track him down there. So you've got to come with... And I get that with a film about photocopying, we've got to go some interesting places and outside, visually. Yeah, yeah. Course, yeah. But you've got to come up with something better than that. And also, when you're writing it, would you not be like, oh, I can't believe I've just done this? Kay is there also by coincidence. And she, you're like, yeah, yeah. like I'm she's, And she's on the phone at the time when yeah. she sees You'll you. You'll never guess who I've just seen, the very man that you're looking for. You've got to just. It, are you? Are you on? I know. I rag on people like that because it's like you're so good and you can do so much better. And I don't see how this is acceptable. I just it just annoys me. Um, I like this stuff about paddle steamers, though. It's really interesting. Very interesting. Hundreds I, of. Them I on wanted the to look, but I did. She's the woman doing the tour. Does she really work for a paddle steam tour guide? Because she's very good. She's very good. I yeah. mean, I literally, I was like, oh, I'd like to know more about the shallow Mississippi and why the hulls <laughs> had to be designed that way. It's, it's fascinating, and it also made me want to rewatch Maverick with Mel Gibson. Okay. Yep. <laughs> um, you saying that when you saw Nordic Man running after. Tom Cruise yeah. and you were like this looks awesome is one of the silliest things a man running after a monorail looks stupid <laughs> yeah any, I, no I love that no, shot where the monorail no, no Jigsaw keeps up with the monorail yeah he does yeah. that's not possible <laughs> <laughs> I know Jigsaw's clever and fast but when he was in Mississippi Burning but he really does keep up for it in, in real that's a real monorail and he's really keeping up with no, it no 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 because th- that's at the start of the monorail's journey we then come to the end of its journey and he's there so... <laughs> monorail doesn't change speed you, you can a human run... being yeah a, a human being does change speed after a few the seconds of running over the mile uh, have you seen gone... how fit he is after he's 10 seconds of keeping it. up with a monorail a human stop. body starts to change <laughs> <laughs> I've tried it so I suppose one of the other contrivances, even though you said you didn't want to mention them all, is... How many monorails have you chased? You've never been to Disney, have you? I'm all over the place there. <laughs> the best ride there. You, you, you ain't seen me at Disney. You wait until we go to Disney. Watch me. 
Um, one bad guy see me for dust. accidentally Go. kills another bad guy. That's stupid. Very stupid. Um, Tom Cruise is now the sweaty bat scene, and then he beats the old dude with the briefcase. Um, mm. Anyway, it doesn't matter. All of that section is very silly, but it would be good. It's very good when we do get Paul Savino, obviously. Mm, so I'd the, forgotten. I'd forgotten he was in this one. The problem, obviously, being that you're like, oh, Paul is here. Great. So we've got a gangster, and you just remember all that other gangster stuff mm-hmm. from all the other movies, and yep. then you go, you must be bad. Because you were bad in Goodfellas. So the, the, no, the other guy. Who no, he was, was actually goody, quite nice. He was the goody in Goodfellas. Yeah, you don't deal in drugs. Yeah, he was the goody bad. Yeah. Uh, Joe uh, Vitarello, the other guy who's with him, also yeah. definitely has played uh, mafioso at some point. Yeah, I was oh, like, yeah. yeah, I was. I, I honestly, because I was like, please tell me they were both in Goodfellas, because it would be great if they just Goodfellas turned up. Yeah, to sort it out. Just a weird crossover movie. <laughs> it's a shared universe. <laughs> <laughs> that would be brilliant. <laughs> so the scene, you, I think the scene works because Tom. Chris is very good and you're projecting onto Paul Sorvino but there's this big sweaty explanation of how he's going to pull all this stuff together he's fine Tom Cruise has figured it out Mitch is going to be okay and he claims that he's been dealing with the FBI about the overbilling and so if the mafia give him those files they'll be fine because he's attorney client privilege which is protected by the fact that we we know this but they don't know this that he's not actually going to grass up the mafia and lose his job and go to prison means that any information he's got about them is safe because he will always be their attorney and everything will be fine so they kind of think about it and then they're like oh you got us kid the thing is He's saying, Mitch, all the senior partners are going to prison now because of this overbilling thing. So if you're the Moraltos, I think you're still annoyed because you need them to wash mm. your money. And Ed Harris is very, or someone says really quickly, oh, there's loads of people that will do that. Mm. But if you're the mafia, you want good people, you want discreet people. You don't just want to tender out a contract for money laundering. So I think you're still pissed off enough to kill Mitch in that moment. Yeah, because he seems to suggest as well he'll continue being their lawyer. 100% that's I, what he So says, does yeah. he expect to walk back into an empty building and go, this is all mine yeah. now. I'm the last lawyer standing. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else has gone to prison. It, and he, then he buggers off to Boston at the end. Yeah. He's like, find me if you can. <laughs> That's the thing. So um, I don't really get it, if I'm honest. Like, he, he, there's a scene where he's talking to Ed Harris. He's like, I'll go wherever wherever it's needed, kind of thing. He's like, you, so you're like a superhero now. You're going to go and find over Billing. He's like the littlest hobo, uh, <laughs> the dog. Uh, he just turns up wherever he's needed for the they, rest of the Well, they did a TV sequel that, w- that was... You know, Mitch. Ten years later, Josh Lucas plays played him. Oh yeah, yeah, with the firm. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, also, and Ray's Ray's in it, and it's yeah. And also overbilling. Someone's like everybody does it, and it's but it is illegal. And once you put it in the post, it becomes mail fraud and stuff like that. Are the FBI not a bit like this? Feels a bit more like the local police kind of thing, like the FBI. No, it always comes back to that's how they got Capone, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, tax. Yeah, and yeah, even because yeah. I write it down, they even meant they they bring it up because they're so aware how that we're doing that. But yeah. also, we're doing the Capone thing where yeah, they never got Capone for any crime he committed beyond <clears throat> tax. Yeah, that's true. Um, um, but. Then when they're having that conversation, and I think Ed Harris asks him, you know, how did you come up with this? And he said, because Mel Fraud was on the bar exam mm. and they made me study like hell. Nice, fun little line, little button, um, yeah. like it's their own fault. But he didn't. Mr. Mulholland told yep, him this. Exactly. When they sat down, this great legal mind um, mm. told him that this is this is what's going on here. So it <laughs> yeah. didn't come up with it himself. Yep. Amazing. Yeah. And that actor is the bloke who served the grits in My Cousin Vinny, another great courtroom drama. <laughs> oh, <Brilliant>. yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, so Abby's back because of course she is because we have to resolve that. So I don't know about this speech. She's like, how could I be mad? I've loved you before I knew you. And I loved you before I even knew you. It's a very sweet romantic thing to say. But she can still be mad and it seems, sure. seems more like a real relationship. She's rather like, you are 100% forgiven. Let's not worry no, about it. No, they could it. have fun with that moment yeah. where he's got yeah. to, you know, you, you know, we're not even close to being even. But, you know, you can, no, you can figure it out. Mm. Yeah, I you never know? even got off with Gene Hackman, so we are nowhere near. Um, and it's Gene Hackman. And it's Am I Gene right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no high five. Okay. And then, yeah, I think he's off to expose corruption everywhere, but he's actually going back to Boston. Yeah. Um, um, what, a very what, small, what, unknown law firm. With a lot of potential. Yeah, but that line, yeah. what's in Boston? We are. <laughs> <laughs> Please spare me. It feels like they couldn't figure out quite how to end it. Also, yeah. well, you end it with us seeing bloody Hal Holbrook marched off by the feds. I want to ah, see these That's guys. True, yeah. These guys who are like the main villains. Yes. We never see them get their comeuppance. We never see them go, I can't such believe this a, is happening to me. That's such a good point, Alex. I forgot That's... to say, yeah, Avery dies. I forgot to mention that. Um, so he gets his, and he redeems well, Chris himself. Was, with Chris was just saying, I made a really good point. And you, oh, sorry, I've got to say, no. It doesn't happen very often, so I just wanted to bask in it, and then you were sorry. like, Avery's dead. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm genuinely Go, go back. Sorry. We can still do it. There's let's, still, let's cut it out. Cut it out. There's still time. Rewind. I've, 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 I've oh, it. God. It wasn't that good. It wasn't it, that I've good. actually forgotten He's it. back now. No. He's I've back. Forgotten. We lost a moment. What did, oh, no, about the bad guys. <laughs> Look, I'm trying to make up for it. But see the bad guys go off in cuffs. And... Well, because like we did in, in A Few Good Men, it's very uh, satisfying mm, watching yes. that happen, it's isn't a, it? It's a really good point, Vicky. <laughs> That's see, better. See how nice that was. Instead, instead of I that. instead of seeing, it'll never happen again. Um, <laughs> them carted away, we get two people who've just met going away to have sex on a boat. I know. I was annoyed by that. Holly Hunter is incredible, but I do think she's great in it. He, I, he's great. She got nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, for this, so she's amazing. He's fantastic in it. It's just funny. They're like, all right, we'll put these two together. But also with the government's money as well. So it's like maybe that's why they do the manslaughter thing because ultimately Mitch has stolen almost a million dollars from taxpayers and given it to his convict brother so that he can fuck off with Holly Hunter. That's a lot to swallow, I think. Like, I am surprised that Mitch steals money from the government. He just, he just does. So, he? Yeah, because he's asking for this half a three quarters of a million, whatever it is, blah, blah, blah. Mm. put seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars in this account, and Ed Harris is like, okay, then. Which they're I don't pay- believe they're would paying happen. him. They're paying him for his work. Yeah, I know, but you should give it back. It's taxpayers' money. I'm not cool with it. But I want Holly Hunter to have a nice life, so I don't know. And you know that those two are going to, even though, no, you know, there's no scenes between them before this, you know they're going to have a nice time together. Oh my oh, God, yeah. of course they are. They are so well suited. They are great. They're going to be getting up to all sorts of whatnot. They will be 100% whatnot in all over yeah, that they're boat. They're going to be whatnot and on the not beach, what? whatnot and in the sea. <laughs> That's even. how good they are. They get one look and he's like, hey, sweetheart. And you're like, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that us done. We're all done. right. Uh, we shall do the bits now. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna forewarn you. I've gone quite big on the bits today because I think there's a few bits to talk about in the bits. Okay, you mean in terms of length? Yeah, I'll try and keep it briefer. But there you go. Well, let's just get it over with. Then, what's your best scene? So thrilling the end of the pod when we just have to get it over with. <laughs> well, you've just done a preamble where you said you're going to go on for ages. Yeah, you. All right, fine. My best scene. Um, uh, it is the scene where Cruz meets the Moraltos in the hotel suite and uh, explains all the stuff about the tax fraud and everything. I, I just love the way that Paul Savino keeps uh, piping up and Joe Vitarello keeps going, hang on, yeah, and makes him, makes him listen because he's actually getting warmed up to Cruz's idea. I like that. I do really love the scene between 
uh, Hackman um, between Abby and uh, Avery uh, at the uh, club when they're sitting at the table having the chat and sort of you get to really finally understand that Avery is a broken man yeah. mm. and Hackman is brilliant in that scene the only reason I haven't picked it is because Havana rum it tastes like cognac yeah it's mad mm. I fancy a brandy um, you please because <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about brand- I was thinking about a sidecar. That's what happened. You are brandy. <laughs> Do you like brandy, I Chris? Want brandy. <laughs> um, Tom Cruise kicking the shit out of Cocoon. <laughs> no, it was yeah. It was such a strange image at the time when I was a kid watching it, and it sort of stuck with me. That yeah. the, for me, the film is the film where Tom Cruise kicks Wilford yes. Brimley to death. Yeah. <laughs> Nearly to death. Nearly to He's death. breathing. Yeah. My favourite scene is Tom Cruise and Paul Savino in Yay! the hotel room. I tell you what would have been awesome, though, if, spoiler alert, they'd done just killed him on the spot. That well, you know, you been... can't say that. It's a really old it film. Out. It's an old we film. We have to cut it out. Yeah. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. I just You're got the home. thing cut out from the first Yeah. Oh, Monday. did you? Oh, I've said it again. <laughs> 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 Idiot. All right, we'll cut oh. that bit Anyway, yeah. So it's, it's just that the whole section is just going to be beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Fine. You can't keep telling people the end of <laughs> Oh, we got to beep it again. <laughs> Stop saying it. Stop spoiling films. Stop getting movies spoiled. Right. Uh, you're most valuable whatever, Chris. So, two, two people here. Uh, but I'm going to pick one. Um, John Grisham. Um, I feel like his books got progressively worse. I've said that. I didn't need to say that again. Uh, but it, it, these early novels brought me a lot of pleasure on holidays when I was a kid. So thank you, Mr. Grisham. But I'm going for John, uh, John, Gene Hackman. Um, I think he's amazing in this film. I think his scenes with Abby, as mm. you said, you know, the most... The reveal. Yeah, it's just the way he reveals himself, like peeling an onion, he's just awesome. And he's pathos personified. And I think it's one of his best performances. Mm-hmm. And you? Uh, so this is where I've, I've gone a bit long. I've got Chris had two. I've got I've got three uh, because I'm picking an actor, and I, I honestly think nearly every actor brings their A game in this film. Uh, everyone in the roles is amazing. So in reverse order, at three, I'm going Boosie. I love Boosie. Uh, I, I've loved him ever since I first saw him, uh, which was in Predator Two. The lions and the tigers. Oh, my. Brilliant. <laughs> so Boosie's at three. Uh, two, uh, Wilfred Brimley as head of security. Bill Devasher. Uh, I think he exudes menace and sleaze and he loves himself and has a massive ego. And when Cruz kicks the shit out of him, like you just mentioned, and he screams at him, Cruz screams at him, you sick bastard. It's like it's so much about him in that the fact that he uses the words "you sick bastard." It's like he's getting off on taking these photos. Yes, he's probably having a cheeky pocket wank sure. uh, over those photos. Like he is a really sick man. I think Brimley delivers. But number one, David Strathern as mm-hmm. Ray, fantastic. Uh, he's fantastic. I honestly, I think it's it's all down to his performance and his story that that is the thing about this movie that I'm invested in. I'm not invested in Mitch at all. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like everything that made me well up, everything that I got emotional about, as you said, like him wandering off with Holly at the end, like I was just like, he's absolutely brilliant. Him getting his freedom, him escaping the feds, him arriving safely in the Caribbean, 
those moments when he sees his first sunset yes. in years. Honestly, and I'm this is a big big swing, but I genuinely feel that his moments in this film and his arc is like my own mini Shawshank Redemption. Wow, that's how I feel. I feel so strongly about his performance in this movie. Admittedly, when he first showed up on screen, I thought he was Mitch's dad. Apologies <laughs> to David Strathern; he's only twelve years his senior. But yeah, I think he's just, like his his arc is what I, I would watch this again for. He's really good when he's like when Tom Cruise when Mitch is like I didn't tell them about you because you know and he's like yeah all right and it's all done in the face and the mm. eye acting and he's like okay I probably would have done the same and you think no you wouldn't mm. but you're just telling your little brother that like it's really good brilliant um mine is Holly Hunter she's fucking amazing I can't believe I didn't mention it but it's a long film but and she's only in it for six minutes <laughs> but she's so so good. So very good. So yes, I'll keep that brief. Um, what would you change then, Alex? Uh, we've already covered one of my big changes. Um, Shorter. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll gloss over it. But it is Mitch uh, telling Abby uh, he should tell her the truth about why he cheated on her, uh, about cheating on her, and he does it for the reason that he wants her to know. Not, mm, and then when she, right. yeah, that's 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 taken. So my other one is kind of a big one, and we've touched on it throughout all of this conversation, especially towards the end of the movie. I love this script for its intelligence and its complexity, but I also hate it for the same reason, because I think it just gets swallowed up by its own desire to be smarter than it is, and it becomes too convoluted, and it's like trying to be really, really fucking clever. And like the end, you're just like, there are big moments in this movie that you are supposed to and should be big emotional moments for you as the viewer. But because you're playing catch up to what the script is actually trying to say in those moments, instead of going, yes, you are literally going, oh, okay, so that, right, 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 right. And so it loses any sort of like power. So that's my problem with it. It's too complex and it thinks it's smarter than it is. Okay. What about you? Um, Mitch has got a shirt with a machine gun at the end. Sure. Yeah. I think you could have had fun. I don't think this film's long enough. And I think they should add in a subplot, like an Infernal Affairs subplot, where there's an FBI have someone on the inside of the mob and the mob have someone on the inside of, <laughs> of, of the law firm. And uh, Mitch has got to figure that out too, as well as sort of fixing his problem. It's just a subplot. It's just a bit of fun. That's all the changes are. How about you, Vicky? Well, yeah, I've, yeah, I've got yeah, one yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. just a bit of fun as well. Rewrite the whole thing. Get rid of the whole thing. It's a two-handed buddy movie with Mitch and Tammy. Mitch plays it by the book. Tammy does not. And when these two get together to take on the mob, <laughs> that's what I honestly think. Yeah. They are so good together. Yeah. They are chalk and cheese, but they make it work. And it's fucking awesome. The other real change is that music has got to stop. The music, I can't cope I wrote, with it. Yeah, at the start, so, I was like, I don't think I can watch this. No, and it <laughs> never you stops. get used to it. I don't get used oh, to really? it. I hated it. <laughs> and then when it's the section in the Caymans, I was like, I'm now watching a caper. I was not expecting that. It's mm. I find it blink, so... Blink, jo- blink, 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 yeah. Blink, but yeah. It's incessant. It occasionally sounds like the stings in Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. which I don't enjoy. Nope. So there we are. Great. Uh, now, we have got an issue here. <laughs> Because we're going to go into the verdict. But I just remembered the mm. verdict that we used. Yep. The, the sting is yep. a few good men. Yeah. Is that you, going to give it? You think it's going to sway us? We won't hear it right now. No, because I haven't said the verdict yet. Yeah. Well, we're all waiting on it. <laughs> but yeah. Is it your job? Well, no. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Let's do the verdict. Verdict. <laughs> yes. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. 
Um, is that? I don't know. I literally don't know what's going on. In the, in the, in the, in the, panic, you, panic in your eyes. But before we do that, do you want to know who plays Tammy in the TV series of The Firm? Yes. Juliette Lewis. Oh, really? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I can do that. Uh, okay, let's do this fast, I think. Uh, yeah. Vicky, what's your favourite film this week? Okay, here we go. The Firm, I'm just going to say it's boring, but you have to watch all of it. A Few Good Men is great, but you really only need the last 20 minutes. And I find the persistent undoing of Galloway extremely jarring. I was cross at the running time of the firm, but it is well paced. However, here we go. So it doesn't, it just doesn't have that shot of adrenaline that A Few Good Men does, even though you've got to wait for it. But to be honest, very few other things do. Um, it, that scene is an absolute masterclass and powerhouse of writing, directing and acting and the whole nine yards. So really for one scene, A Few Good Men. Alex. Uh, yes, as I just said uh, in my changes about the firm, uh, the script is too murky or convoluted, uh, so it robs it of the fist-pumping moments, whereas A Few Good Men is bloody full of them. Uh, its final courtroom scene is stunning. It's A Few Good Men. We have a winner, and that is A Few Good Men, Chris. Well, uh, I thought this I thought this might be closer than it was. Yeah, um, it wasn't. Uh, you're in the hands of two great directors. I like how Abby is given much more to do than Joe between the films but I got really distracted in the second half of the film because of the length of the film I got really annoyed by it because of the contrivances um, plus there's a reason I remember so many lines from A Few Good Men and next to none from the firm and that's why it's A Few Good Men yeah yeah three for three obviously if you disagree with us uh, you are how you're more than able to go on our poll when it goes up on Twitter and vote for which movie you'd like to have seen win this week The Firm versus a few good men. It'll be on Twitter at ClashPod very soon. Shall we look ahead to next week, though? We've got two more movies coming your way. Another pairing, another clash. Mm. Unusual picks from Vicky. What are they, Vicky? Mm. The choices for next yeah, week. Yeah, wait, do the clue first. Oh, the clue is uh, the lads have got all dolled up. Oh, I know what it could be. So it's Weird Science and it's Ex Machina. Oh, interesting Ooh. choices, Vicky. Thank you. Yeah, where do you... How, do you know what? We'll talk about it next week, yeah. how you came up with this pairing. I, I know a guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. I, oh, I'll, I'll save it for next week. But fucking hell, that's what we always do. Yeah, I know. I just I, I only because I watched Weird Science yesterday, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did as well. Yeah, I haven't okay. seen it since I was about seven. So. Wow. <laughs> hey, lots to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. All right, then. So that is Weird Science on Monday and Ex Machina on Thursday next week. Weird Science versus Ex Machina. Do your homework. Right then. We'll be back on Monday with part one of that, which will be Weird Science. In the meantime, do subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Check them those on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And of course, check out our new YouTube channel for some long form videos. Uh, just type Clash of the Titles into the YouTube search bar. It's at the top of the screen. Uh, <laughs> Have a lovely weekend. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.